Welcome to the Yoshi Football Show. This is John Johnston, founder of CornNation.com. We're here with Yoshi Hardrick, former Nebraska offensive lineman and current Canadian Football League star. I actually got that one right this time. No, there we go. <laughs> so it's a good start. We're here. We're going to talk about the 2010 Nebraska football season. I, I link, look at the past. It was Nebraska's last season in the Big 12. And it was, you know, Bo Pelini was the head coach. Sean Watson, uh, offensive coordinator. And Bartley Cotton was your offensive line coach. And, so yeah. where, where do you want to start? We tried this once before, just for people out there. We tried this once before. And the power blew out in my house uh, part of the way through it. So we're starting over and trying again. Where do you want to start in the 2005 or 2010 season at the, at the beginning? Yeah, you can start at the beginning. What made me want to come to Nebraska from the 2009 season. So there we can go. just start with, we can start with um, Nebraska being on TV in the 2009, getting a lot of exposure, being in a championship game, Texas getting one second back on the clock. And I can just remember sending my dorms in junior college and like, I want to go play in a big 12 championship with Nebraska just since uh, Sue throw Colt McCoy around, like if Nebraska was recruiting you, you was itching watching that game. So, so that's that's what brought that's what brought us into the 2010 season. And when I got here from junior college, it was zero zero one on every workout. It was zero zero one all through the locker room. It was zero zero one on all our handouts for our install. Like the point was to make sure we got we was ready to play an extra overtime or that extra second. Like I can vividly see workouts when we think we're done we're so happy and they'll just scream out overtime put zero zero one on the clock and like that happened so many times and that was the mindset to finish and that 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 09 season was in the back of the minds so you came to nebraska because uh, you wanted to play in a championship and you did but we'll get to that uh the season starts out pretty well western kentucky you you beat them up uh, 49 to 10, Idaho, 38 to 17. You played in both of those games. You were not the starter, right. though. Yes. So talk about oh, yeah. that, the process. We're all about the process right now. Oh, yeah. Talk about the process. Yeah. When I first got to Nebraska, um, it was a little shaky. I came in with a lot of hype, and I didn't start right away. So I kind of I didn't trust the coaches like I should have. But I, it never crossed my mind to leave. But finally, the first game got here. I've been here since January, and finally, the first game is here. I uh, didn't start the first game, but I played a lot. I was nervous. I had a lot of pancakes. I was like, oh, this college football isn't so bad. Second game comes around. We got Idaho. Same thing as West Kentucky. I play a lot. Get in there, I get some pancakes. I'm feeling good. Washington comes, our first big game on TV. And that's when reality sunk in that I was a backup because I don't think I got in until like the second or the third quarter. And we was up by a lot then. And um, yeah, it was, we, it, was, it was. We crushed Washington 56 to 21. And yeah. It was a glorious game. Yeah, it was 56, 21. Just, a, just me being a country boy, I was, I was just loving everything that I saw in Washington. I could just remember finally getting on the field and like, being in awe about the water you can see in the boats, people sitting in the boats watching the game. Like you can see boats from the 50 yard line, people sitting out there watching and having a party, 
having Washington uh, flags on. Felt good to go in there and bust a party up. And Adrian, Mar- I mean, uh, Taylor Martinez had a great game. He, I, I can just see it now. He was going down the sideline, holding the ball up. The Washington helmets was in all the highlights, and we was just scoring over and over. So we just kept it going. We went to uh, San Diego, uh, San Diego State, yeah. And I, I'm finally back playing a lot again. We're playing a smaller school. It feels good to go out there and slam some people around South Dakota State. Yeah, it felt good. Uh, that game was closer than I thought, seventeen to three. But I can, I can look at my highlight tape, and I have a lot of plays from that game. But then we get to Big Ten play. I mean, Big Twelve play, and that's when it finally sunk in for me at Kansas State that I was a backup, and uh, it was a guy better than me. And we was we were subbing a lot in those smaller games. We finally got the big uh, Big Twelve play, and Jeremiah got the call. He kept the call. I think I didn't get in the Kansas State game until the second half, and we beat them forty eight to thirteen. And Jeremiah was a red shirt freshman. So after I, after being ten years removed, it was so smart of the coaches they going with this red shirt freshman to let him get these reps. Like if I'm not the starter, he's the starter. He's a red shirt freshman. Yeah, they're going to give him the extra reps. When we got up big in those games, that's when I finally got in. So move on to Texas. We're wait, so wait, pumped wait. up. Okay. You said earlier that you didn't trust your coaches. Tell me more about that. I mean, I think you showed up and you thought, I'm the guy, right? That's what I should it was. be the starter. I'm a I'm big man yes. on campus kind of thing. Yeah. Tell us about well, I was gonna say the process again, but you know, how, I mean, what does that mean? You didn't trust your coaches and and what was it like showing up thinking you're the guy and suddenly discovering, you know, the realization you're not the guy. Yeah, it was nothing the coaches did that I didn't trust. It was it was me feeding in all the hype, me reading in all the Husker extras or all the Lincoln Journal stars coming in. It was me going to rivals and scout.com every day like before I even started competing for the job, I was already re- uh, reading that I wanted. So it was, it was basically nothing they did. It was just a 19-year-old Yoshi thinking everything he's reading, they know what they're talking about, but they're not inside the walls. I haven't took one practice. I haven't saw the playbook yet. So it was all up up top for me. It was nothing the coaches did, but just trusting you, you the pro- – You were supposed to mention coordination.com in there. Oh, yeah. You pro- <laughs> hey. I stayed on you guys' page also. I was on Coronation. Coronation gave me some love in college. I, I probably got some flack from you guys also, but I love. I used to love going to Coronation, uh, going into the comments or going into the forums, searching my name. Like I'm not. I'm not gonna sit here and lie. I used to go to Coronation, hit the search, go in the forums. See, really? you, you can see wherever you can see wherever your name came up. And I was a college kid doing that. So yeah. Got a, I got a sweet picture from Iowa for coordination, so thank you guys. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Texas. Are, are, wait a minute. Should we should we talk more about Barney Cotton as an offensive line coach? I mean, what? Yeah, we can. I can get. I, I mean, I Barney get Cotton, in some ways, Barney Cotton has. I'm not sure what his reputation amongst fans is. I I think that he was a good football coach, but you know, I let's face it. 98% of us wouldn't know offensive line coaching or offensive line play. I mean, we watch it, but yeah, you know, we, we know when you run over people and we know when the yardage yeah. is there, but we don't right. know a lot about technique or things like that. So 
Tell us about Barney Cotton as an offensive line coach. Uh, Bernie Cotton as an offensive line coach, it was it was all new to me. I was from the South. I grew up in Mississippi. All my coaches from the same hometown as me. I went to Kansas, and my coaches were from Alabama. So all I knew was, like, really the Southern hospitality or, or really being around nothing but Southern people as my coach. And Barney Cotton was about as Midwestern as it get. He was old school. He was hard work. He was grinding. He was blue-collar type guy. And uh, I don't know. Um, he was just he, – he actually knew what he was talking about. He did it before. He took the same steps we did. He's been in the footsteps. He was a Husker. And when I got there, I didn't trust that a lot of what he was saying because I wasn't starting. It was nothing he did. But the, the things that stood out to me, when I went to my pro day, I went to my senior bowl that I played in, I went to train for the draft, all the techniques they was teaching me, Coach Cotton had already teach, uh, taught me. So it was like he really knew what he was talking about. He was setting us up for the he, – he preached the technique. He preached finish. It was all the small things he was teaching the why. So he was a great coach. I don't know how he, how people looked at him from the outside, but we probably didn't have a lot of old linemen drafted. But from when Coach Cotton here, he had a lot of guys go to the NFL. Like, I, I, I'm i not looking on my Wikipedia, but I can just thank me, Marcel, Ricky Jones, Keith Williams, Quali, Brent Quali, Jeremiah Searles, uh, them just for my two years there, and I probably missed some guys. Okay, should we go on to Texas? I mean, yeah, Texas. we can go on. <laughs> Texas gets that second back on the clock the year before the Big 12 championship game. Mac Brown with that. That son of a – anyway, yeah. uh, Texas is our nemesis. We They just constantly have our number. We're going into this game. We're ranked fifth in the nation. I mean, this has got to be one of the bigger games. Well, it's the biggest game since the previous season against Texas. What's what's leading up to the game? You just arrived at Nebraska, and it's really you're just your first season. Did you get the, the anger and the hatred that we have for the Texas Longhorns? Yes, I got. I, when they put the one second back on the clock, I was, I was, a, I was gonna hate Texas for the rest of my life, regardless. I wasn't even committed yet, but just from being here, and it was, it was, yes, it was, it was something I learned when I first got in the rivalries, who we hate, how do we, how do we represent Nebraska? Just from Niles and Pierre Paul or the homegrown Austin Cassidy's, like. We had so much senior senior red shirts of four or five year guys just drilling the history in us and drilling what this means. And like you say, drilling the process in us. A lot of these guys are seniors and seniors red shirt who didn't play until they was junior seniors and senior red shirt. So they've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. And they they've hated these teams for five years. And if you're from Nebraska, you've been hating your entire life. So uh that that Texas week, we talked about it all week. We finally get them back. Uh, don't feed into the hype that they're not good this year. We got them at our home turf, and I'm just going to say we laid an egg. We laid an egg. Um, we dropped two to three touchdowns. They were the first team to stop Taylor Martinez. They had a game plan for Taylor. Every team was putting one player on Taylor. Texas put two players on Taylor, one front side, one back side. They made us have to throw, and it was, the blueprint was out how to stop Nebraska's offense after Texas beat us that year. And, um, yeah, man, I, after, I, I can just see us winning that game. I see, see a couple passes just going right through our hands and just from guys I love and I wouldn't call out. 
what's it, I mean, what is it like for a team to have a game that, that is that enormous? I mean, the entire nation's watching, you know, me, a guy running, some creepy old guy running a website, you know, for me, it's, uh, I mean, even I, I got a fair amount of abuse from people, but everybody's like, ah, Nebraska can't beat Texas. And they just enjoy the hell out of it. But for you guys on a team, I mean, it's different with, you have to regroup. You have to kind of put it behind you. You have to go on. You have to do, you know, you still got a whole front season in front of you. Yeah. What's that uh, like to try to recover from that? For me, it was, for me, it was, it was, it was hard because it was so emotionally draining. It was so much of where that's all they talked about from my first day in the building. And it's finally here. Like maybe we had blew our load before the game. Like, We've talked about this for so long, worked so hard for. I can't see practice, so I can't say, but I, I'm I'm imagining we went pretty hard in practice like we should, but like it, it drains, it takes a lot out of you to put so much in the game and you lose it, and you lose at home and and it was winnable. So it was like we're just lucky we had. I, I want to say twenty some seniors that year, man. We had the great leadership and we went into Oklahoma State the next game and. We let it out on Oklahoma State. I wish we would have did it on Texas. Uh, you you dropped to number 14 in that game. It was number 17, Oklahoma State. We win 51 to 41, which is a lot of points. Uh, the following week, now, Jeremiah Searles got injured. He was the starter in your position, right? Yeah, Jer Oklahoma State was literally my first – that was my first game, really. Oklahoma State, uh, Jeremiah got hurt the first first drive of the game, and it's like it's it's my turn. It was my turn. It was my call. I was the next guy up. I wasn't got to wait to the second or the third quarter, and I was in there with the big boys, and uh, I played well, and I I earned some more playing time. And after that Oklahoma State game, it was every other series or every two series I was playing, and it was a routine. I knew I was going to play early. I had to stay warm. I didn't have to wait that to, uh, to the second half. So the Oklahoma State game, I hate that Jeremiah got hurt that first series, but I'm glad I got a chance to showcase that I was ready and I can play and that we can run the same offense with me in. Then we get, we get Missouri. Missouri's seventh. We're still 14th. And we beat Missouri 31 to 17. One of the, uh, one of the most funs I've ever had playing in the football game, in the Missouri game. Why one is of the that? Uh, we ran crazy that game. I think Roy ran for 300 or 400 yards, I, and we, we just ran crazy. I don't think I took a pass set all game. Well, we obviously passed the ball, but that's just the mindset we was in. We ran the ball. I can, I can remember giving out uh, awards to, after the game. So many people had so many pancakes. Like, it, it felt like why I came to Nebraska, it felt like the old line made us win that game. Obviously, Roy, Roy had probably three or four touchdowns. He didn't get touched, and it was probably 50 yards long. Yeah. I was at that game. It was, uh, you know, Missouri, uh, you know, Missouri at that time, it, that's marked as a rivalry game. But for years, I didn't yeah. know Missouri was a rival because we used to beat the snot out of them. And all of a sudden, they start getting uppity, and it was really nice to just beat the snot out of them and, you know, beat them back down into, well, honestly, it's the last year in the Big 12. Yeah. You had to say goodbye properly to these teams, right? It did, and we talked about that a lot. I, man, you just – man, you bring back so many memories. It was like – it's our last year in the Big 12. 
they hate us so much. Let's give them more reason to hate us. That was just the mindset and things that was talked about. And you, you fed off that, man. It was just fun going to classes with people who kept up with football. And just we were like normal people in class just played football. Like we literally sat in class and we would just talk to people about like me and you're talking. This is how me and students used to talk in class. Like, so anytime a big game game around, you're talking way more in class. You're hearing a lot more. The professors is letting us know good go this weekend. Have a great game, Huskers. Like it's talked about. You can feel it on campus. You can see it, man. It's just all the bells and whistles of going to a power five school. I got that at Nebraska. And that <laughs> it was just all those big games, man. I got that every game. It don't matter who we play. South to go to state. We got that, man. It was just week to week, man. So we we get Iowa State next. We take it. We win thirty-one to thirty in overtime. Oh my god! Uh, what what's the deal with that game? That Iowa State game. Uh, I think is that the game Cody Green started. Taylor did Taylor Martin. I don't think Taylor Martinez played that game. I don't know for I sure. Right? Yeah. I think that was Cody Green's first start, and we went we went to Iowa State. It was the first time I I've ever been to Iowa in my life. And um, it was just a different really? feel when we got there. Yeah, it was a different feel when we got there. It felt like we was in a grimy spot. You was in the basement about to have a fight. It was like, you're not going to come here with an easy win. That was just a mindset or just what it felt like getting off the bus. Like, all right, this is a blue-collar place. This is small-town Ames. They have a lot of pride about this. And uh, you're not going to come here and just run over us. And I felt that that entire game, it was felt like they was a little brother. They just hit back all game. Um, I can't recall what happened in that game. I, I think Cody Green started that game, and we caught that interception in ha- at overtime with Eric Hag, and it was one of the happiest happiest days of my Husk career, man. We all jumped on Eric Hag in the end zone. He was all crying because he couldn't breathe. He was mad at everybody. And we were just so <laughs> we were so excited that we won, and Eric Hag was so mad. I just remember, uh, can remember going to the locker room. He was finally calmed down. He was holding the ball up like, yeah, we did it, but. When we all jumped on them on the field, it wasn't a lot of fun, but we was just so excited. <laughs> we couldn't believe they scored and went for two. Like, they went for the win. So it was like, it was a high, a low, then it was, oh, interception, oh, we won, let's go. All right, you get Kansas next, and you we win 20-3, to three, or you win. I never know if I'm supposed to say we. I say we because I'm a Nebraska alum. And it, 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 it's we. It, when you lose, when you lose, it's you, right? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Kansas, you they only score three points. But here's the thing about Iowa State and Kansas. I mean, these are two teams. Uh, that year we played Iowa State for the 105th time, and Kansas was the longest, uh, longest consecutive streak of two teams playing, again, like 105 times. Did any of that even sit with you? I mean, did the, the idea that these rivalries or these – uh, long-time opponents were going to go away. I mean, was that even an issue? Was it talked about? Did anybody care on the team? Yeah, people, um, the uh, the captains and the guys who was a lot older, they always talked about this is our last time playing them. Let's put it on them. Let's go out of Big 12 the right way. And just like I told you earlier, I was a guy who stayed on coronation. I was a guy who stayed in scouting rivals. So, yeah, I, I wasn't missing anything. I was subscribed to everything. I was getting all the papers. Like, I I felt I felt all the hype. Like, it just felt it felt like a movie to me. Like, when I played the video game, you can go look at the newspaper on the video game every 
for every week for your team. It just felt like that for me. Like I was really living like a dream. Like I, I can wake up and read about the guys that I'm in the locker room with. It's like four or five different sources. It's just, it was just nonstop. So no matter how big or small the game was, you guys are going to find the good stuff to put out for about it. How many times we'll play them. If this is the hundredth time, if two brothers are playing against each other or a coach was there that's here now, or we have a coach, like you guys are going to find it. So I read about, we always read about it. It probably wasn't talked about as a group, but as a little circles, we all share the same books. We all send each other the same texts. So if you find something, we like share it amongst the group. Okay. The Texas A&M game. Oh my God. I, you know, there are they, we're in the Big Ten now, and, and we have this thing this year where, you know, Nebraska early in the season tried to play an out-of-conference opponent, Tennessee Chattanooga, and the Big Ten. Kevin Warren made the statement, they're not going to be in the Big Ten and play an out-of-conference opponent. Like, you know, and, and, and people exploded with Nebraska wants to leave the Big Ten. And I got crap from some people about you guys are paranoid that the Big Ten is out to get you. And I guess my response to them is this Texas A&M game, we were called for 16 penalties. They got two penalties. My brother Jim was at College Station for this game, and he remarked to me after that game that even the Aggie fans around him were asking him what the hell is going on with the officials. So what was going on during that game? I mean, you know, that was the game where – uh, Bo Pelini yelled at Taylor Martinez on the sideline. Uh, Tony Jaredetti grabbed Ben Cotton in a really nasty place, and Ben yes. Cotton tried to kick him to defend himself and got called for a personal foul penalty. Uh, I mean, did the officials say anything to you guys on this on the field? Did what? What was your reaction to that game? I guess at the time on the field, at the time on the field. When the game first started, I, I, I'll never forget this Texas A&M game because it was the first time I saw so many people in service uniforms, seeing so many tiles. I didn't know if the earth was moving or the ground was moving. Uh, I had Von Miller in front of me. So it was like, I don't need to worry about nothing. I need to worry about Von Miller. Then it was so much going on. But when the game first started, it's like, all right, we need to play a little cleaner. And by the time the second game came around, it was like the guys in the huddle like, all right, we're playing against the refs and texting them. We need to be on our things. We need to be make sure we're sharp. And we got a couple of uh, no pass interference call on receivers deep down the field. I can uh, remember Brandon Kenny in the end zone by the great catch one, and a guy just knocks them all off his route, and there was no flag. And what was the game? Six to nine, nine to six, nine man. To six, yeah. Oh, man, yeah, it, it just didn't feel like we was going to leave College Station with a win. No matter what we did, we kept it close. It was a hard physical game. Tony Gerard, Eddie, I ended up training with him for the draft together, and he ended up grabbing Ben Cotton. Taylor and Bo get at it on the sideline. I think Taylor called his dad when we was in the locker room or something like that, and and um, that, that came from that. Oh, man, it was just – we wasn't – they weren't going to let us leave uh, College Station with a win in the last time playing them. That's what it felt like. And by the time the third or fourth quarter came around, you can hear guys starting to whisper, like, the refs might be out to get us or whatever. Just keep playing hard. And then just, like you said, never stopped. They only had two pills. We had, like, 16, 19, something like that. Yeah, it was uh, 
I still remember that just how you're I'm watching a TV on at home and you're just like, what, what the hell is this? This is like a parting gift from Texas A&M. I guess that's how the big 12 officials decided to handle that game. Uh, I mean, at that yeah. time, Texas A&M was 18th. We had worked ourselves back up to number nine and uh, I, you know, there's such, uh, I don't know. There's so many things you could say about that game that, um, I'm, yeah, it's just, a, I get a bad feeling now. I got the same hate for Texas and A&M that I do for Texas. I can say that from that game. And I don't, I don't know. I don't even like the word agriculture anymore. I don't think because of Texas <laughs> A&M. But I'm gonna, I'm not going to say that. But yeah, that, that Texas A&M game didn't sit well with me. It was a, it was a big eye opener for me because I had played the entire season and every DN I had went against, Pierre Allen was better than at the time. So when I played Von Miller, it was the first guy that was on Pierre level or better. And I was like, I'm away. We can't have – we don't have a snap count because it's so loud here. You have all these people in service uniform moving. And Von Miller was literally a cat. I had never seen a cat before. He was a cat in a uniform. I used to get out of my stance. He'd be here, he'd be here, he'd be here, then he was gone. It was, it was, it was so impressive. Like, that's funny. I actually ended up training with him and Tony Gerard Eddy after uh, I finally got to train for the draft. And we talked so much about this game. And I was just telling Vaughn, like, as a junior, because he was already one year pro at the time, as a junior, he had me in a place I had never been in a football game. I was doubting myself. I was down to, I even want to play in games this big. Am I made for games this big? Like, is this what every game going to be like in the NFL or? Like if this is what this is what I'm looking forward to, like I I didn't know if I wanted to do that or not anymore. I just have to play Vaughn for one game. I didn't know if I wanted to block elite elite defensive ends anymore. So I just just gave him all the love. I told him he got me prepared for like what I was going to see because when we went to the Big Ten, it was a lot different. Every DN looked like Joey Bosa or six four two eighty. Von Miller was probably six three two forty and just a cat around the edge. Well, we're going to, you know what, we're going to get to the 2011 season, your first season of the Big Ten in another show, right? Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Texas A&M, we'll leave that behind. We go, uh, I got one more question about that. Again, how long did it take people to get over that? I mean, did it, did you, I, I wanted to drive down to Texas A&M and set things on fire, but <laughs> that's kind of illegal. But, uh, you know, you have to get ready for Colorado next. And you just went through a game that was had to be, again, emotionally draining and, and really tough because you did have to play against the officials. Yeah, um, I probably was a little different from other people. It was uh, – I kind of it kind of shook me a little bit. I was kind of like I wasn't as good as I thought it was. I already wasn't the starter. And I was seeing all these guys. on Like I had saw Vaughn all year. He probably already had 18 sacks before he played us. And I, so I was, so I had in the back of my mind, I was like, have I been exposed? Is every team going to come at me like this? Or can I really do this? Am I going to play guard next year? Like I was in my head for the rest of the season. Cause at the end of the game, I don't know if it was for the game winner or to get a uh, play before the game winner. Like Vaughn beat me for a sack late in that game. And I haven't got beat for a sack yet all season. And it was my first sack giving up, and it was like I didn't even touch him. It was like he came up, I seen him. He was inside. I thought he was on the ground. I jumped on the ground, and he spent around 
And I just seen Taylor getting hit. I was like, he was just on the ground. I jumped on top of him and he spent out right before I jumped out. And I was like, I, I saw that over and over. I probably saw that in the bowl game in Washington. That's how bad it was for me. But the team might have got over it. But it, 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 it stung me. I'm going to let you know now. It stung me. Wow. It, is, is cat a term that's used by offensive tackles to describe a guy they're blocking or? Uh, sometimes like if, 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 if your, your line coach said you have a cat on the edge this weekend, there's, there's things you can't coach. He's going to be like, don't watch his head. Um, you got to eliminate him from being a cat. So you got to go out there and, and try to make him run you over, do whatever you got to do to make him get the cat out. Like don't go out there and try to dance with him. He's a cat. You won't touch him. It's one of those things. If you got to like an, where I'm from in Canada, if you if your coach tell you he's a cat, you do whatever you do to try to expose your chest to make him run into you. Like you don't need to be a cat. Like I'm open, come hit me. Like so, it's just one of those things that we use uh, in our O-line room in Winnipeg. Like if he's a cat, so I don't know. We didn't hear that in college or anything, but we say that in Winnipeg now. All right, so we we beat up Colorado forty five to seventeen. And you now have Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game. It's not Texas, but it is the Sooners. Uh, you know, and there's a God knows there's a long history with Oklahoma. And yes. We get out to a 17 to nothing lead and we lose 23 to 20. Dude. Yes. <laughs> this, is that why, was... this is why you came to Nebraska. This is why I came to Nebraska. This is why I came to play in the Cowboys Stadium. I, it was, it was just awesome. Everything, everything up until after halftime was just like right out of a book. Why I came to Nebraska? We're in the Big Twelve Championship. We're up 17-0. and the our world goes upside down. And I can't. I don't even know where to start. I can't. I don't even remember them scoring 23 points. I just remember we was up 17-0, and at the end of the game, they had more. And it, it that's how it felt like that. It was just so, such a mode ro- uh, roller coaster. It was like it was so high to being back in the game. We're getting even higher. We're up 17-0. They're starting to come back. Oh, I think Pierre Allen got a sack from a war. We're going to be all right. Then it just, just went that way, and then the game was over. So – I just remember that game was a motion roller coaster. Uh, the all we had was in the Cowboys Stadium. We had all the big lights, and we couldn't finish it out. And I started reading in the media that both couldn't win big games, and I'm like, man, is this true? We losing all the big games? I'm reading it in the media and all this, and yeah, it just didn't sit well with me, man. I don't think we won a big one when I was there in two years, unless you count like the West, uh, the Missouri number seven, but they were seven when we was 14. It didn't feel like they were the seven team in the nation. <laughs> <laughs> nice that, shot at Mizzou. Yeah. Okay, so we're, we're, we get Washington again in the Holiday Bowl. I mean, when you guys, you're coming off the loss of the Big 12 championship, again, that's the whole reason why your year was there. You have to go play the same team that you smoked earlier in the Holiday Bowl in San Diego, which I imagine has to be an incredible trip. Uh, but what were your thoughts about having to play Washington again? 
I'm just going to tell you from my group that I hung with, not the entire team, just the guys I hung with, my circle, it was comedy. We was, we was like, we couldn't believe we already had beat these guys. We're going to San Diego. Uh, I think that was the second year in a row or the first. I think that was the second year in a row we had went to the Hollow Bell. So all the guys were talking about all the things they did last year, how much fun they had. They went out there and partied and beat Arizona. So they know the, they know the recipe to going out there and partying and winning. And we already had beat Washington so bad. So, like, I was a kid who had never been to California before. They took a country boy like me to SeaWorld, and I was like, I don't even care about football out here anymore. Like, <laughs> I'm going to SeaWorld. I, I was at the, is it called a Gaslight District in San Diego? It's something like that, man. Like, I, I, I just remember making interviews at SeaWorld, just living the best, my best time. We practiced for like an hour in the morning, and we're free the rest of the day, just going throughout the city. Then it was like, oh, we're in the game. And these people did not come to SeaWorld. They did not come to party. They came to play us again. And I think that was the biggest difference in the game. They came out. They, I'll never forget. They had all black uniforms on. I was like, it was it was something different about the game. We went and beat them so bad. You can just say, we was warming up. Like, yeah, we about to do it to y'all again. They didn't say anything. You kind of like felt it. Oh, it's on out here. But we're just us being like, the 19 and 20 year old, we was cocky. Like we already beat you guys 56 to 21. Like we got to play you guys again. We think we're getting punished. So we'll just beat you guys again. And that did not happen. I think Jake Locker had, had a, had a, had a day and ended up going first round after that. When you walk on a field, all right, there's a certain feeling in the air, right? Every game, you know, it. every game, it's a certain feeling. Some, some, I imagine some games you know that you're going to destroy the other guys. You're going to kill them. Yep. So in this game, you had that attitude until they didn't say anything to you and they weren't talking. They didn't say – or you didn't – I guess here's what I'm asking. How does the attitude in a game change through – does it change throughout it? When you walk onto the field and you think – Oh my God, we're going to get killed. Is there something, anything that you can grab onto that to change that um, swing momentum or swing how the team feels about being in a game like that? Yeah. I, I, I never get that. I, I never get that feeling that we're about to get, we're about to get killed in this game or smashed. You can get the feeling walking around like, Oh, guys don't have energy today or guys are walking through the motion. think we're just going to win this game. And you try to find something to get you going. You have to get to argue with one of your players or play something to get the guys going, like a song that you've seen in the locker room to get everyone going. You try to do something. You can feel in those big games you don't have to say anything. It's guys with tears coming out their eye. It's guys who are shaking, like in the locker room, waiting on the chains to be let off. Then you can tell some games you walk in the locker room, guys are probably playing cards and uh, rolling dice, and it's just like, Oh, it's game day. We got the game day feel, but it doesn't feel like that razor, razor eyed focus. So you can you can feel when there's a different vibe in the game. It's never like you're gonna lose, but it's like if we don't lock in, like we usually lock in, this could go another way. And you kind of felt that. So you feel that you don't feel like you're gonna lose. You feel like if we don't show up, you will lose. So Nebraska finishes ten and four on this season. Uh, Bo oh. Pelini keeps Bo Pelini keeps earning his, you know how people would spell Bo Pelini with four L's. 
Yeah. He was had four losses, you know, the cute things media does to jab at people all the time. You, uh, you finished number 19th in the coaches poll, number 20th in the AP. When you look back on the 2010 season, I mean, you, you, you had a shot at a big 12 title and it's the last year. I mean, what overall, what did you think about the season? Overall, when I th- what I think about the season, after just going over it with you again and having looked at it in so long, how close we were to being awesome, man. And just like you see those four losses and you think about not a shot, just, man, we had a shot, man. Texas, we lost by seven points. Texas and then we lost by three. Oklahoma, we lost by three. Bowl game, we lost by 12. Like, we're not even talking playing in that bowl game. If we beat Texas and we beat Texas A&M, like, just looking back on it, man, we lost by we lost three games, three or four games by a total of 14 or so points. And it's like how close we were and how far we all, all off we were also when I think about it, we were so one-dimensional with the run game and – and it worked for us, man. The defense was so great, man. We was led by Gomes, Pierre Allen, Levante, Prince, Eric Hag. I don't know, man. I can go on and on. Crick was still there. Like, it was, we had such a good team that probably won't get the credit it deserves because we lost four games. Wow. Hey, you know, that's probably all right. I, I guess, honestly, right now, we'd, we'd look at this season as a, a really – <laughs> we'd love to go 10 and four right now. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Is there anything else you want to say about the 2010 football season before we wrap it up that I haven't, uh, that we haven't discussed anything that is in your notes. Cause I know you make notes. Oh, let me see. Well, basically how to want that game, the Texas, how we looked at the Texas, the Oklahoma notes, the Texas A&M game notes, uh, bowl game notes, playing for Coach Cotton, playing for bowl. Basically, we hit everything that I wanted to talk about. It was just – it was fun. It was fun to relive it, man. I can actually feel horrible talking about those losses, man, but I can remember beating the Minnesotas and those, winning that Iowa State game. And, yeah, man, it was, it was that was a fun season, man. It, it didn't go the way we wanted to, but hey, we beat Oklahoma State, who was seventeen. We beat Missouri, who was seven, and we lost to number ten and lost to number eighteen. Yeah, we. It'd be really nice to have that uh, back again now. Uh, I guess you know that that's kind of it. I, I, except for yep. one more yep. thing: does does this ever come up with people just in casual conversation? The 2010 yeah, it, football season? It, the thing is, it doesn't – people don't look at it as the 2010 football season. It's called the last year in the Big 12. So when, when I talk to people and they be like, the last year in the Big 12, I'll be like, yeah, I was there. People always say, do, do you remember the last year in the Big 12? And I'm like, yeah, that's funny. That's when I was there. Or people talk about the first year in the Big 10. That was my – so people don't bring up 2010, 2011 – People always ask me questions about how was the Big Ten and Big Twelve. I was like, I actually played two years, one in both. So that always it's always fun to talk about that and bring that up. All right. Well, you know what? Next time we're going to get into the first year in the Big Ten, then, and we'll no, hopefully we'll talk about changes and what it was like to you know I guess cover new ground. Yeah, and we had a we changed our office a little bit also. 
that was a lot of fun. Also, we went from Watson to Tim Beck. All right. This has been the Yoshi Football Show. Uh, I would like you guys to leave us some feedback about things you'd like to hear from Yoshi or questions you have. I mean, he plays football and you don't. (laughs) (laughs) So leave us some comments either on YouTube or the Coordination website. And uh, thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves and go Big Red. Go Big Red.